What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the 750. I am your O, RJ Ochoa. He is your 75, two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, wearing the colors of his favorite school. Oklahoma State up in Stillwater. The one and only Tony Casillas. TC, what up? Yes, it's better than – I'm doing great. It's better than wearing the colors of uh, from Texas. But uh, nevertheless, I'm doing great, buddy. Great to be with you here on this Tuesday morning as we That's record. Right. Um, it's uh, we're, we're over two weeks into training camp at this point, Tony. The Dallas Cowboys play a game on Saturday. Starting to feel a little bit like the normal rhymes and rhythms of an NFL season. People are talking about their fantasy drafts coming up. It really is the best time of year. Um, on Monday, um, my wife made a pulled pork. Um, shout out to some of my Twitter followers that gave me some recipes and it was really good, but it was so nice. It was in the crock pot and it was raining in the afternoon. So it was dark outside. It was rain. The crock pot was going. It felt like, you know what I'm saying? It felt like a really classic fall day. Wait a second. You said rain. What, what is rain? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> and, I'm not, um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be insensitive because I know with other parts of our country, the people are listening to bizarre floods and, and whatnot, but uh, we haven't seen rain here in North Texas, and I don't know how long it's been. So when you say rain, hey, I, I'm my ears are open. That's true. Um, so um, we came into this episode, or we, we come into this episode, Tony. Like I said, there have been 11 days of Cowboys camp. Um, there ha- has been no shortage of, um, I wouldn't say controversy, but questions. Um, there, and, and I think it's important to note we've gotten some answers on things. Like, like can CeeDee Lamb truly elevate to becoming the top wide receiver on the team? We've kind of gotten that answer, right? Can Micah Parsons do it again? We're, we're you know kind of feeling like we have that answer. Can Trayvon Diggs do it again? Kind of getting that answer. But we have other questions. And the biggest question has been about the kicker. Um, now, before we dive into this, I've never been on an NFL team. I've actually, I don't know if you know this, I've never played football. I never played football in high school. It's just never my thing. And so it's, you know, it's funny that this is what I do for a living. So I've never, you know, had to had to take the battlefield uh with, with my brothers and, and and get ready for things. And so did did you did you feel and and you know we want you to be honest, did you feel like, you know, like like kicking was was you know an issue like it was important you know you're 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 in the trenches Tony you know what I mean you're the one doing doing the fighting and, and the sweating and and the scratching and the clawing did you feel like you know whatever team you were on whether it's the Cowboys or college high school whatever that like the kicker was a big deal or, or did you not really pay it much mind first of all I mean I don't know how many times you reminded me and our listeners that you've never played the game that's of right football, yeah. but uh yeah so I, that means I have no it, idea what uh, I'm talking about back. right uh, yeah, I I'm not gonna say that. You're you're very well educated, and uh, as far as uh, you you do your research, but you know I think that we always made fun of the kickers, but we really it was kind of the love hate relationship as we kind of found out that people that the fans and everyone as far as a kicker, it's a hero to go. But we used to always uh, 
have fun with our kickers because they were just kind of not really part of the of the uh, our click, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only kicked, and then their training camp, they'd go and work on their tan and come back, and you know we're busting our ass and just trying to survive. But uh, there's a the certain obviously the importance is is that when you're in a big football game and you need your kicker to to convert and make a, a field goal and win the game, that's when you like you embrace them, and so. I think it's kind of the, the culture and the kickers have gotten to accept that. But now the, the, with the change in the rules, moving the, the, the extra point back, the 15 yards, it's, more, it's not a gimme anymore. So there's a lot of more importance on it uh, to emphasize. And, and, and I think that while we want to just give the kickers a hard time and punters and everything that goes along with that, the whole special specialty part of the the, the, the football uh, football team it, it, it's important and there's a and, and I'll be the first one to tell you that when you're in practice and I think that that's then is this evaluation goes with the Cowboys having a hard time they can't find a kicker that's consistent enough in practice you watch and you see the the focus that you have to have and they put these these really narrow crossbars in between the regulation uh, crossbars and these kickers sit out there and they work. It's like a golf shot. It's very difficult when you go out there and you're looking and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I mean, this is very difficult. Uh, It's not more, it's not the physicality of it. It's more the mental approach to it. And, you know, to me, that's where you have a lot more respect. And, you know, now that they're in a situation where they're now starting to audition kickers, here it is. what three weeks. Uh, right around 30 days until they open up with Tampa Bay and they have not solidified who their kicker is. I think all that's really well said. I think it's really kind. Um, you know, that was, that was a really diplomatic way of saying, you know what, the kicker, he didn't, he didn't sweat as much as I did. He didn't, he didn't squat or lift as much as I did, but he was important. He was an important part of the team. Um, and you're right. Like it's, it's not easy. Obviously I don't think anybody is is trying to say or imply or intimate that it's easy. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? It's, it's, there's only 32 of these jobs and in, there's not even 32 players who are good at it. Um, and so, you know, it's funny, Tony, I don't know if you realize this, but the Cowboys have kind of been in, um, we can call it kicker purgatory kicker, um, you know, whatever. Um, since we started the seven five Oh, we started this, uh, in the 2018 season. That was the year they moved on from Dan Bailey. And I think it's important to note they were correct in, in moving on from Dan Bailey. A lot of people, a lot of Cowboys fans are now saying, bring Dan Bailey back. No, no, no. Dan Bailey, who actually did go to Oklahoma State, by the way. Um, Dan Bailey is is not the answer. That was just, you know, the Cowboys were correct, but they have struggled. They they wound up with Brett Maher. He was okay in 2018. They ran it back because the Cowboys are a classic. If it's not broke, don't fix it, you know, operation. Things got terrible in 2019, so they cut him. Uh, they brought in Kai Forbath to finish that season and Jason Garrett's career as, as the head coach uh, in Dallas, at least. And um, he was a perfect 10 for 10 on all kicks. I don't think that means that he's the answer either. Um, but then John Fossil found his buddy. You know, maybe he loves playing golf with, with Greg Zerline. Um, and, and they were married to him for two years. They would not, you know, give up on Greg Zerline. In fact, I don't know if you remember this on the subject of golf. Late last season, John Fossil actually compared Greg Zerline to Tiger Woods uh, when he was talking about slumps. And he was like, you know, I, I think right. even Tiger, <laughs> I think even Tiger <laughs> went through a slump and, Hey John, I think there's a little bit of a difference <laughs> between. Uh, I, I think I think 
I think the reason why he liked Greg Zerline so much is he probably took his money on the golf course and paid for his bar tab. That's the only reason why. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think the familiarity with, is with, you know, these coaches, special team coaches, they know, they understand and they know the, the, the kickers and especially guys. And so they're going to, they're going to go with those type of that type of personnel. And I think that that's very important when you look at that position, because as a special teams coach, you got to be able to be able to sleep at night because that's a reflection off you. If this guy, for some reason, regardless if he's in some type, what a slump, there's this, uh, this chemistry that goes along with, uh, with the, the, the kicker and just this chemistry. And I'll take you back until it's coach Hoffman that was the special teams coach back in my day when the, when the, the special teams was such a big focus of, for our team and in the National Football League. That was more the focus than anything before the offensive defense. But he had this knack working with whether it was uh, Richie Cunningham, whether it was uh, Steve Bono, whether it was Mike Saxon, whether it was Eddie Murray. There was this known – it was almost like he was this kicking whisper, if sure. you will. And now, and that's what you're kind of looking for to find this dynamic. But again, I think the the, the game has changed in the in that in the kicking area because of just you know the the you moving it back and the consistency to be able to convert 35, 40 yard. That's your sweet spot, you know. But the pressure of it. So I, I, I get that, but there comes a time when you when that's not working, and you have this relationship. Then it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do now? I got to move on and find me that Steve Zerline. I can take take his money on a golf course and <laughs> and pay my pay my bar tab. And I love those guys, don't you? When you play golf, yeah, like, I know, mean, I know I'm going to go out today, and I know that I can only I can I'm going to at least win a hundred dollars, honey. So I'm not going to spend any money, and I may have a little money in my pocket. Um, but those are the guys I don't tell my wife I'm playing with because there's this expectation. I mean, I'll, that. I'm going to come home with a pocket full of money. I know that's kind of a side note, but that's that's related to kicking, right? Right. Well, so, I mean, all that is fair and fine. I just, I mean, it, it, like, we, you know, we've... T- but I where are you we're... getting at? I think you, I think I, I read, I, you kind of lashed out on Twitter and social media about, you. I, I think I read something that, oh, it's the Cowboys' fault. They, it's their own problem. So, they should have not you know, been in this position. I did a video so on to, this. You need on, to clarify, clarify right. yourself. Oh, that's what it was. I, so I, I did a video of this on the YouTube channel. So people can watch that. But I obviously knew you and I were going to be talking about this. I do think this is the Cowboys' fault. And I and I think that there are so many people, and I don't think this is either one of us, but who – and look, I mean, not everybody's Tony Casillas. Not everybody, you know, uh, has the relationship with the Cowboys you do. So, it's you know, it's different. We're all coming – you know, we're all – like this side of the fence is just fans, right? So I'm, I'm emotional. But – as, as emotional as I am, I do think this is coming from a place of, of objectivity. So if we look at the the whole, we kind of talked about like them cutting Dan Bailey, Brett Maher, and then they bring in Greg Zerline 2020. They hold on to him through 2021. Among kickers who attempted at least one and a half kicks a game last year. So basically like of your starting kickers for most of last year, Greg Zerline was literally the worst extra point kicker in the NFL. It's not, you know, being dramatic or being funny. That's just, that's the truth. That's That's the fact of it. Okay, so that was it. They had literally the worst, not field goal kicker, extra point kicker, right? Like, it's one thing to not rely on him when it comes to field goals, but extra points are so important. And I don't know if you know this, Tony, the, the Cowboys played in nine games last year that were decided by one possession. So, you know, this, is a, a, yeah, yeah, this is a league with a thin margin for error. Okay, so 
you know, you have a problem, you fix it, right? Like you do everything you can to fix it. And, and if you don't, you know, well, it's it's your fault. And that's kind of where I'm at. The Cowboys, they cut Greg's line. Okay, great. Like if we follow the path of this offseason, you, you decided to move on. Good for you. They reportedly wanted to bring him back, at, you know, at, at a lower cost. So what is that about? I mean, you know, how could you have possibly entertained bringing Greg's line back? That to me is ridiculous. But he wound up with the New York Jets, who, by the way, had Matt Amendola on their team last year. Matt Amendola is one of the four who's working out for the Cowboys um, today. We're, we're recording this at nine in the morning for anyone who's you know listening later. But um, okay, so Greg Zerline winds up with the New York Jets. What are you going to do? What's your answer going to be? They didn't do a single thing. They, they didn't sign a veteran. They didn't draft anybody. They didn't add a kicker until after the draft was over in, in Jonathan Garibay, an undrafted free agent. I mean, you, you've seen you know undrafted free agents in your day. You've seen drafted players like... They, they they bought a lottery ticket. You know what I'm saying? They were they were in debt and they said, hey, t-, you know, they owed you money. They s- talk about the golf course. Hey, Tony, I owe you a lot of money, but dude, I bought this lottery ticket. So we're good. We're square, right? Like just basically I've, I've paid you. Here's this. The lottery, the Powerball tonight is worth $100 million. So here's this ticket that I paid three fifty four. You're good. And so what happened after that? On the first day of July, now they may have already been seeing that Jonathan Garibay was not that great. They brought back Lareem Hairulahu, who spent one game on the roster last year. And then they get to camp. And so they're here with with their two lottery tickets. And they're saying like, wow, you know, well, the bank won't approve our loan, you know, because of like off this lottery ticket. How crazy, like how how ridiculous is the bank being that they won't approve our loan? We have this lottery ticket that's worth all this money. And so, okay, fine. They've realized. That obviously, the reason we're talking about this is because they're having the four players come work out for them. They've realized they have a problem. They haven't even gotten to a preseason game yet, Tony, by the way. They're so deep in this problem that they haven't even gotten to a preseason game, and they already have to bring in four players. On the one hand, very good. I support the decision to go out to bring in players. You clearly recognize there's a problem. But you cannot have the headliner of that group be Brett Maher, who costed you games. Brett Maher was literally a a 66% field goal kicker when they cut him. They literally cut him three years ago because he was so bad. So how can that be the option? Like, how how can that be? You know what, but but RJ, you can say that about a lot of kickers that are still going around in in the National Football League on this merry-go-round. Look at Nick Folk. Nick Folk, how long? This is like his, what, 20th year in the National Football League? (laughs) So he's found a place to go after. I don't, I can't. So that is kind of the nature. The consistency of the kicker, it's a, it's, it's sometimes, I don't think it's like finding a needle in a haystack, but it seems to me that it's the evaluation to be able to find someone that's going to be consistent. That's going to be, I guess we can say the the most consistent, the, the last kicker the Cowboys have had is Dan Bailey. Right. Okay. And the last kicker that they drafted was before that, I believe, was David Beeler. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe they drafted the, some kickers. The human freak, the yeah, from from USC, yeah, right? USC guy, yeah, yeah the the, uh, the the muscle bound guy. Yeah. I love I love David Beeler. But awesome. my point being is that my my point being is he's 11 watts down. And I played golf with him a couple of times. He he was a good guy to take money off to. Oh, by the way, so uh, <laughs> nice. anyway. Uh, What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. 
You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back to back to my the regular scheduled point that I was getting at is that you know the thing of it is for me is like you got to give guys an opportunity to to take the job okay they've had four guys and to your point look there's guys out there that have been trying to find a job in national football whether it's an undrafted free agent whether it's you know Mahar the guy that's been in the league and and, and look you may have to go back with him because you know the the, the valuation for me is like look I want to see these guys in you know, the game situations. Now, right. you're going in live and in practice and guys are rushing, but it's not – it doesn't simulate what you're really doing in the game when you got – you know, when the when it's – you know, you're you're about to be choked because the pressure so – there's so much pressure, right? Sure. So, to me, I don't know how they can – they can do that. I mean, in, in the uh, the Denver game, maybe get an opportunity. You know, these guys, I mean, they're going to have to score points. But every situation, give them an opportunity to prove themselves. Because, and I think that to me, that's the scary part. To your point, if they're not being able to convert in in practice under those situations where the the pressure is not as much in the game situation, to me, what are you going to do when? And maybe some guys are they're more of a gamer. You know, I played with the, the. There's been guys I've known I played before that are more of a gamer than a practice guy. So maybe that's kind of the. I, I, maybe something to be a little bit more optimistic about because I know you're not very optimistic about it because you've been you, so, you, you blame it all on the Cowboys. <laughs> you bring up you bring up a very is, good point. Maybe you can find some. Well, thank you. I appreciate well, it. I made up. That's this is the third time I've come up with good points. So that's yeah, the, we're, the, we're making headway point, on this podcast. The point you're bringing up that I don't think enough people have brought up is Nick Folk, right? The Cowboys moved on from him because he got the shanks. And he turned it around, right? Like, and that's, I'm not saying that when it comes to Brett Maher. I'm not saying like, oh, just because you cut him means he can never, ever be good, right? Because that's not fair. That's not true. We see players cut, not just kickers, like in, in all sports, like players get cut right. or doesn't work out with one team and they somehow find success with another team. Nick Folk is a is a testament to that idea. Because um, to your point, right? Like, well, man, Nick Folk could have been the Cowboys kicker since well, I think he was drafted in 07, um, you know, for the mm-hmm. last 15 years. So, you know, if you had never cut Nick Folk, things would have worked out. It doesn't work out that way. But so to that point, a lot of people citing, well, Brett Maher, you know, he he was okay for the Saints last year. He was better. He, he was certainly was better than he was near the very end with the Cowboys. But, Tony, and this is where – and and maybe maybe my problem is just that Jerry talks too much, right? Like maybe that's what it is. But last Saturday, the Cowboys kickers have an awful day at Knoxner, and they're blaming the wind. Thank God there's no wind in any NFL stadium. The only wind on earth, you mentioned rain earlier, the only wind exists in Oxnard, California, apparently. But so Jerry comes out, he says, I'm not worried about the kicker situation. And he actually had a quote, and the quote I thought was silly. Jerry said, I know we're challenged out there against the wind. I'd like to see them in the calmness of the stadium hitting those 32 yarders, which happens to be the extra point. Let's get that down. That's where I want consistency right there. Okay, so Jerry has defined, as of last Saturday, the thing I value the most, 
is consistency when it comes to extra points. Like I told you, Greg Zerline was literally the worst extra point kicker in the NFL last year among kickers who attempted one and a half kicks per game. Last year, Tony, just this last season, Greg Zerline was 87.5% successful on extra points. Brett Maher was 83.3% successful on extra points. So Jerry, on one side of his mouth, is telling us, I care about the extra points more than anything. Brett Maher was a worse extra point kicker than than Greg Zerline last year. So, like, this isn't even trying to improve. This is literally regression. That's where I'm coming down. I'm not saying that Brett Maher is bad because he was bad for the Cowboys three years ago. He's bad because he was bad a year ago. So that's not the fix. And, and my last kind of point, you know, on this, there are four kickers working out for the Cowboys. Brett Maher might not even be the best. It's Brett Maher. Uh, who was with the New Orleans Saints last year. It's Matt Amendola, who I mentioned was with the New York Jets uh, for six games a year ago, was not a great kicker for them. Cole Murphy, who was in the USFL, and um, and J.J. Molson, who has never kicked in an NFL game. He was on the Packers practice squad for a year and a half. But this last one, and J.J. Molson might become the greatest kicker of all time, but it was reported by the Dallas Morning News the Cowboys special teams assistant, Raina Stewart, coached Molson um, back, I think, in UC- with UCLA. So it's like you can't just be bringing in like dudes, you know, you know what I mean? Like that's that like it, it's just that's not a formula that leads to success. Well, I'm not going to have an overreaction on this because I think that I'm overreacting enough for kickers, both of us, to be fair. So, <laughs> well, I, uh, that, true, true, true that. Uh, and, and, and look, uh, you can pull this out of your bag of stats and find out what kickers have the, is the highest ratio percentage of extra points or in. Uh, or inside, you know, to me, the, the money, you know, the, the money kick, uh, 30 to 45 range where that's where you really have to really just be uh, money on. Uh, but I, I just think that there's so much uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to overreact because I think that their kicker can be very serviceable to other teams. I mean, and look, it's not one of these, you know, these positions. And that's my heart. When you talk about him, I would think that. He's kind of the guy that you got him in your back pocket. You you know what he's done. You know what he is. You know his consistency. He's got history to him. As opposed to these other guys have no history, but they don't want to come out and claim the job. To me, that's their problem, okay, because they're having an opportunity to to give him a reason to keep him on the roster. But all they're doing is giving him reasons to to let him go and and move on to a veteran guy. So I have no – I have no problem with this because there's 30 more days and we all, and, and look, the win, <laughs> I, I, I understand that. It, they're going to get, they're going to play eight games and, 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 but I've seen guys miss the extra points with no win with sure. uh, in, in inside the building. So that theory, yeah, I get it, but it's like me going out and playing golf and it's 30 mile an hour win. I'm hitting an eight iron instead of hitting, you know, an eight iron, I'm hitting a freaking it's six iron. Sure. And on a calm day, being inside, maybe in a golf simulator, there's no element. So I really don't – I can't rationalize with what Jerry's saying is your, your point. Sometimes he just says too much. Right. Because he's trying to he's trying to validate his reason why they, they don't have a kicker on it, which makes no sense. But my point is, like, you got to be able to do it under any conditions. I agree. And I'm, I would love to, to share your position and say, like, hey, there's 30 days, um, you know, why panic now, whatever, blah, blah. And I know I sound like overreact, overreactionary. Maybe I am overreacting, but I am not. And, and truly, I'm not like panicking. I'm not smashing the glass. But what I will say is 
you saying I, I'm I'm not going to you know do anything yet. It's 30 days. That to me su- suggests that they deserve the benefit of the doubt when they don't. That's my big point here. It's like they, they cannot be trusted here again. And, and that's why I said, like, this is on them. No, they, no, I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that the benefit of the doubt. I'm just my my feelings. And I'm not concerned with it because I know there's there's better and kickers out there that they can go to if these three young guys don't claim the job and they don't have any confidence in them. Well, and I mean, that, I'd rather have, I'd rather have more confidence in Brett Mayhar, 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 I mispronounce his name. I'd rather have more confidence in him going in what I've seen, what he's done as opposed to somewhat an unknown guy that I'm like, okay, well you, you haven't done it in practice. And then how am I going to think, how am I going to engage on what you're going to do when we're playing Tampa Bay and you got to make an extra point or you got to make a field goal to win the game. Sure. That's my concern. And and you're right. It may work out, right? If it's not one of these guys who's currently on the roster, whatever tryout player maybe does or doesn't make the roster again, you know, they may have signed somebody by the time people are listening to this. But um, maybe it maybe it's somebody. A lot of people say that, right? Like, oh, the, whoever their kicker is going to be is going to be is somebody who who another team's going to cut, right? Don't worry, there's going to be a veteran available. I just don't think that's a plan, like like because again, you're kind of planning to hit the lottery, like. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. This has never happened to me. My son is obviously, you know, still a baby. But maybe this happened to you. I know I did this as a child. Did your kids, Tony, ever when, you know, they were growing up, they were younger, maybe like eight, ten years old. Hey, walk up to you. Hey, dad. Um, yeah, I need a poster board for a project. Um, to, you know, it's it's due tomorrow. And and they come tell you this at like seven o'clock at night. An and hour like, before. Uh, oh, the hour before you got to take him to school. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're like, you're like, well, now we got to go to the store. Yeah. We got, you know, we got to buy this. You know what I mean? We got to do all this stuff and you go to the store and they're sold out. And I'm right? probably, and, I, and I'm probably the pissed off old man. I yeah. Mean, without a doubt. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like that you go to the store, it's they're sold out and, and you know, well, you're, we're not going to go to school until we figure this out. We're going to figure it out some, somehow, some way, but it didn't have to be that stressful. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have to be that way. And that's that's my point is this did not have to be this stressful, this complicated. You like to, it's not a plan to say, oh, well, you know, somebody else will cut somebody. No, like keep everything within your control. Make the decisions on your own. They 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 wasted all this time. They they weren't exactly busy signing other free agents, you know, <laughs> over the offseason to where their time was so consumed to not pay attention to this. And so I know people like John Fossil. Maybe he's a good golfer to your point. He says funny stuff. You know what I mean? But he's really bottling, you know, this particular issue. All right. So if you're John Fossil and you, you know, put your special team hat on, what would what would have been your strategy going into in, in the offseason? Were you, you going to draft someone? I mean, what, yeah. what, what would you I done mean, different? All he's done is is bring in his buddy. He he brought in his golfing pal in, in Greg Zerline. He kept him around for two years, and then when it came time to and so like he never even had to work to find a kicker, right? He comes in two years ago and up oh, bringing in Greg. So didn't even have to like apply that much thought. And the, the first year that Greg is, is you know, gone after they cut him, what was the first thing he wanted to do? He wanted to bring him back. <laughs> that, that was the first move was, was to try to bring him back. So, OK, well, you know, that didn't work out. What are we going to do? Um, You know, free agents. I don't need any of those guys, whatever draft. I'm not going to watch the figure this stuff out. Now I'll just, you know, give me a UDFA. I'm John Fossil. I can make this work. Did you see my watermelon kick two years ago. I got this. And and then, you know, after and then he brought in Lareem and he did not work with Lareem Hyrulahu 
uh, with the Rams. Their, their time did not overlap, but obviously the, the Rams had studied Lareem and, and were fans of him and kind of knew about him. So you can kind of trace the the only other kicker who the Cowboys have had somewhat to John Fossil's time in Los Angeles. And so now John Fossil's up against a wall and he's like, I don't know what to do, guys. Um, you know, my special my, my special team's assistant, give me bring in the guy you coached at UCLA. All right, you know, like uh, uh Cowboys, who who did you have before I got here? Brett Maher, bring him back. Who is like what what work is happening here? That's all I'm saying. I'm just perplexed. And I would love to be proven wrong. I would love for them to, to pick one of these guys or, or stick with one of these guys and for him to be the best kicker in the NFL so everyone can sit here and say, RJ, you big dummy, you were freaking out when, when Tony was trying to calm you down. But that just seems so unlikely to me. All of this is possible, but it seems incredibly unlikely. So you would rather go with these three, four guys they have out there now that they've been trying to give the, give, give the job to, but they haven't earned it. As a cut close to going to Brett Mahar, Mahar, and and you're more willing to take a risk with four guys that haven't really proven themselves. I mean, or done anything to claim the job? You're willing to pass that up when it comes down to reliability. If, if I have to, I don't think any of them are. There's no good answer here, to be clear. But if I have to pick well, one. I, my- I, I, if I have to pick one, my pick is is Lareem Hirulahu. Again, pr- partly because, the, you know, what Greg Zerline was a year ago was not cutting it for the Cowboys. Brett Maher was a worse extra point kicker than Bre- than Greg Zerline. So you can't you can't sit there and say that this is an upgrade. And it's it's because po- like the the general response is always, well, he could be better. He could improve. Yeah, any one of these dudes you bring in could be the next like great thing. Obviously, but it's it's just it's hoping and wishing there's not planning happening here that that's that's my point i the process is what bothers me most my vote for if of the available candidates right now would be for lareem i don't feel overly confident in that but i feel more confident in that than i do any other option that is currently available well i think that this is going to be interesting this game coming up on thursday it's it's going to be a evaluation more saturday obviously uh, Saturday, I'm sorry. I don't know, Thursday. But uh, regardless, this week, it's going to be a lot of focus is going to be on that position. For sure. And whoever's out there, whoever, whoever has the opportunity to to get the job and be able to, in a game situation, uh, this is going to be an opportunity for them to to, to make the team and be, and, and as I mentioned, that be be uh, you know reliable on you know the to me that is the consistency that has been able to know when the guy comes out there you don't have to freaking sit on the sidelines and sweat it out you feel like the guy's got he's got confidence in you as a coach and confidence in him as is, is the guy getting the job done. I agree. The only other thing I'll say about Saturday because we're all fascinated to see how this is going to shake out. But the only thing I'll say you played golf in Colorado like. And I'm not saying like, oh, whatever happens on Saturday is meaningless. That's not my point. But we have to take what happens Saturday with a grain of salt. We can't sit here on Saturday night and be like, oh, so-and-so made a 60-yard field goal. You got to keep that guy around. It's different. He's kicking in Denver, right? Like, you have to understand, like, the altitude is is a factor. For If if the altitude affects anything, it's kicking when it comes to football there. You've played t- – tell me your drives and, 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 you know, your six iron wasn't a little flush for, a little, you know, 20, 25 more yards up in Colorado than, than you know, your normal game. So there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a, an asterisk on this if the guy makes a 50 yard line because of air stand. I, I wouldn't say an asterisk, but, but it's so just, when, look, Tony, just, I'm, or, I'm obviously passionate like, about this subject. 
<laughs> I, I know. And maybe it's because your your passion for the game of soccer. Um, but <laughs> I think I think that you're overthinking this. I think this is a position that really I think will kind of iron itself out as we get into this. I hope and you're your right. Boy, Brett Mahar is probably going to end up being <laughs> the opening day kicker for the Dallas Cowboys. And you're going to love it. I hope that it all works out and that everyone can sit here and be say, RJ, you just back on August 8th, August 9th, you were just being silly. I, I would love that so much. I really would. But um, we just spent 30 minutes talking about kickers. So, I mean, don't. I, know. Don't ever... I, I, I felt like I just wasted 30 minutes of my life. Well, um, maybe you did. Anyway, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's get out of here. Tony, give us I'm one thing. That, give us one thing that you will eat. Before the seven five zero next week, you said nutter butter last week. I think. Um, I, I'm probably gonna have broccoli. Doesn't that sound sexy? Do you um, like do you do you put butter on it? Do you put like seasoning, like just salt, or like what do you? Uh, I I got the Tony recipe. A lot okay. of olive oil, uh, garlic salt, and uh, it's. This is a name. It's called Good Shit. That's really what it's called. I don't know. Okay. That's a, a, Google it. And it's like all these different spices. So there's all kinds of different type of spices in that in that line. Uh, so I'll probably put that on there. Um, pepper. But yeah, I think that's what I'm going to. We've been we've been ordering. We've been doing the uh, the meals that they send you. Right. Uh, the, 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 the meals that are more scaled down where you don't have to really, you know, they don't have all these sure. defined different recipes. So. Uh, I know that sounds like something you want to you, you want to hear me having broccoli. Uh, how about yourself? What are you going to have? You probably you, you look like you're probably going to have a, a brats tonight. You know what? I would love that. We actually are having the leftover pulled pork tonight. But I over the next week, oh, man. I will at one point have some Chick Fil A because I'm, I'm I'm cranky if it isn't obvious. I need some Chick Fil A to calm so me down. Was it was a was a pulled pork? Was it was it this this fall off the on the sides of the oh yeah you put it on a you put it on a bun right oh yeah i mean no yeah. i i think like it's, it's it's not a roast you know what i mean like it's got to be eaten it's a pulled pork yeah. sandwich that's so we ate it yeah. in sandwiches um it was nice. great like i said i tweeted asking for some recipes somebody uh hit me back up we threw some some different sauces some brown sugar in there um <laughs> it was uh it was a good time so um you know good for you Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe Brett Maher has a great pulled pork recipe that he'll share with us after he uh, makes a game-winning kick. Um, Tony, you said it all. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We'll see you next Tuesday. This was The What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.